The scripture passage I keep leaning on for the grace force and for all of us is, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can stand against the tactics of the devil. For we're not fighting flesh and blood here. We're fighting dark forces in the supernatural realm. And for decades, the devil's been eating our lunch. Why? Because we stopped believing in the supernatural power of God. Well, we're here today to say, we believe. God, you are stronger than the devil. And we're bringing you to the streets. Your presence is a witness to Christian courage. And guys, we need that right now. We need that more than ever. We need men and women to stand up for truth and goodness. Again, we have the fullness of the faith. We have the power. We don't need to cower in fear. We can come together, we can unite, and truly, truly make a difference. Here, Jesus summoned Simon Peter to step out of the boat and to walk on the water. We can't do anything if we don't take one step. To process the Eucharistic Christ through the streets of a city is to really call down the whole power of Jesus crucified and risen upon our people, upon our city, upon our community. Because we know that when we call on Christ, we're calling on the very power of God, the only one who can heal us, bless us, and unify us. You know, if we were to go out and live a visible faith, to actually have our faith in action for those to see, we would have a transformed world. You know, a lot of people are afraid to express their faith, and I think one of the reasons that people don't act is because they think they're uniquely fearful. Unlike those courageous saints, I'm not really like that, I'm different. The fact of the matter is you cannot have courage without fear. In being courageous and in demonstrating your faith, you demonstrate your trust in God. And God will not abandon those who love him. And sin is the root cause of all the problems we have. And it's like when you see some of the things that are actually taking place, you're like, wait, that doesn't make sense. That's because we've moved away from God. As we come back to the truth, right, and into the light, we now can see truth for what it is. As people turn back to God in prayer, there is no question we would change the world. Don't be afraid. God is with us in all things. Hey, welcome to the Grace Force, everyone. It's uh, that video is amazing, and we're going to talk about that in just a second. We're going to begin first with a prayer in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Saint Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him. We humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Doug, awesome. take her away. Awesome. Yes, before we get started talking about the uh, breaking down the video and so forth and introducing our amazing guest tonight, I want to thank everybody out there who is supporting, is supporting, has supported, and God willing will support uh, what we're doing here with the U.S. Grace Force and the podcast and all that we're, we're trying to do here with this mission, this effort here. Thank you so much. Your support is amazing. Your prayers, your comments, and those who have signed up to support us through Patreon, thank you so much for that. Uh, you're in our prayers all the time. Every day you're in my rosary, and I know Father prays for you, so please keep that up. And if you're interested in becoming a patron uh, through Patreon, click the link in the description below and pray about that. We, again, thank you so much for that support. Also, this is very important. I want to make this point clear. You can help us in many other ways. If you can't uh, do it through Patreon, and you know, of course, the prayers are the most important. But if you can't, in any other way, help. If you can help us by simply getting the word out more about this podcast, a couple things that are key here for the YouTube channel in particular. We're at just over forty nine thousand three hundred subscribers as we record this episode. Our two year anniversary 
of our first episode is August 14th, coming up in about six, seven weeks or so here. So we're hoping to hit 50,000 subscribers or more by then. Just a little benchmark, something fun, something to celebrate, and just the growth of this podcast and all the great subscribers who are behind it. So if you haven't subscribed, please hit the subscribe uh, button. I think we got an arrow up on the screen right now. Yeah, follow that there. Click the bell for notification. That's going to help you uh, know when new podcasts are coming out or anything else that the Grace Force puts out through YouTube. And that's a big way to help support us is by becoming a subscriber. In addition, and actually more important than being a subscriber, is watch time of these videos. Now, what I mean by that is this. The longer you watch each episode, the more YouTube recognizes that there is some sort of, some sort of support for it. Now, that affects the algorithms. Now, the algorithms then, when they see a popular video being watched or a channel being watched, they will then recommend it far more frequently to other people. That's a way of casting a net. So when people are scrolling through and they're looking for this information, that information, boom, this comes up on the right side of the screen in the recommendation bar. That is a powerful way of helping us get this word out and growing the channel, reaching more lives, more souls, growing the grace force, helping people understand the importance of cooperating with God's grace, especially in the times that we are in. That's a powerful way to help support us. So even if you don't watch the entire show, we hope you do, of course, you can at least just have it playing. Even if you mute it, please watch it. It's a great show. We hope and pray that you'll do that. But you could just have a playing on the side, and the longer it's played, the more the algorithms are affected, the more they're affected positively like this, the more it's recommended, the more it's recommended. Obviously, the broader the reach of the net, and hopefully, God willing, we reach more lives, more souls with this truth. So you can help us in a powerful way that way. So with all that said, thank you so much for everybody who does support what we're doing at the U.S. Grace Force. Let's grow the ranks. We are in the thick of a battle, and we've got a very awesome thing to talk about tonight. As we see in the the title here below the screen breaking bishops are calling for a eucharistic revival and we brought the one and only kevin o'brien but father you and kevin have been friends a long time i'm going to pass it to you and let you make the big announcement and the introduction of our guest tonight yeah so kevin you and i go way back i mean you were starting your apostolate yeah. in milwaukee at the exact same time i was starting one in madison uh you have milwaukee men of christ i had knights of divine mercy but the but the the, the impetus for doing that was that we have to reach men and we have to call men to be the, uh, the supernatural St. Joseph's of their family and, uh, and to, to uh, engage in their faith more. I think, um, I think all of us, I'll speak for myself, I think the church it, it became a little bit effeminate. Uh, things like, I, you know, I developed the combat rosary. Why? Because rosaries look like women's jewelry or children's toys or something. And we, it's just an example of, of um, you know, we got to reach out to men and, and, you know, Padre Pio called the rosary a weapon. And, and so we were, we, you and you and Milwaukee and myself and Madison, and, and we've actually joined together uh, over all these years and, and uh, worked together on, on uh, all this. Uh, so, and Men of Christ, everybody, please look at, it's menofchrist.net, look it up and start one. We're, we started, we're starting ours right this year. And we've been in meetings and everything. We're, we're going to have our first Men of Christ conference in November. We're so excited. We're going to have Father Calloway there. Uh, I was just saying, too, that th this is a little secret information. Uh, every guy that comes is going to get a, a challenge coin. It's called a St. Joseph Strong challenge coin. But it's also going to be touched to 175 relics of saints. So that challenge coin is going to be a third-class relic of all those saints. Um, so just to kind of whet your appetite there as we're getting ready for this. But... Uh, but Kevin, please, um, he, you know, uh, Kevin's a man's man. He's you got a big sports background too. Tell us a little about that. That's so interesting. Well, yeah, my well, my background in sports. I played three years of professional football, and right. what a blessing that was. And I'm so jealous. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I was all state, but I got injured and stopped my stopped my. But then you uh, actually you elevated your game and came became a priest. I mean, there you go. That is. You know, so one of the things, even when I found my faith going through that experience, because as a, you know, grew up in 1970s in that time frame, and it was the Barney love, like you said, just kind of that, that right. weak, soft, not right. giving, right. you know, the, it was just something. So I actually was through uh, some Protestant friends uh, that I played football with that had Bible studies that I entered into it, and it really started to question, well, why, why be Catholic? And in that, uh, that process... My brother, interesting enough, was discerning the priesthood, and uh, 
we had a, a battle the, the topic actually became a portion just to, that's a whole nother discussion. But he said, you know what your problem is? You need to get back to confession. So I did go to confession. Scales came off. Wow. And I really became to truly love this wonderful faith that we have. As wow. And Kevin, your, 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 um, your spirit is just uh, so contagious and, and so inspirational to a lot of people. Uh, because you could just tell you're just in love with God and, and, and you want to do the will of God Amen. more than anything in your life. That's me too. And I know that's you too, Doug. But uh, but, but <clears throat> getting back to that video we started with, uh, that was taken last uh, August 15th. Yeah. And uh, you, along with a, a team, and I was on it, <clears throat> developed what we called Unite Wisconsin at, at yep. the time, but we were calling for Unite uh, the Nation. And, um, and to do what? to bring the Prince of Peace out into the streets that have been, you know, burned and, and looted. And, and, and I remember Kevin, when we did, when we did that, um, that procession downtown Madison, mm -hmm. that we were, we were going by people who were along the streets and these were people who were watching their city just fall apart. Yeah. And, and th there was a lot of depression. There was a lot of hopelessness yeah. during the time. And here comes this procession, 3000 people. Yeah in this procession with bishops and priests and, and, and literally Kevin, and I think you saw it too. There were a lot of people standing on the sidewalk with their mouth open and tears coming down their face. Remember that? Oh my gosh. It was such a beautiful thing. Cause when we were talking about this, right, this dream of, of doing this to, to be counter uh, cultural in the sense of, you know, they're burning cities down. We're going to take, uh, the, the light of Christ, Christ himself, right. the same Christ that walked 2,000 years ago. We're going to bring him into our, our yes. battle-torn cities. Yes. And it was just such a powerful thing, to your point. Not only that, but the hope and the joy that came. Like, it was this outpouring of people. Yes. There was so much release of, 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 of awesomeness. Like, holy cow, this is so good. And to your point, not only watching people cry, but people kneel. Moms yeah. and dad, I don't even, I mean, just people along the road. Yes. It was just an amazing experience. And that came, you you had initiated it. We talked, my wife had, had woke, she woke up. I remember her waking up and she was talking, but this was uh, like mid-July and she was crying over this, the stress of what was taking place. I said, honey, you take care of the family internal. I'll go external. We brought the team together. Yes. And, and it was what? Uh, how many weeks did we do that? Three weeks we put that together. Yeah. And, and it was just amazing. Absolutely amazing what yeah. happened. And that's I remember when we took the first turn. I'll get you in here right now, Doug. But I got to talk about this. We took that first turn from, mm. from uh, the church parking lot and went up State Street. And there was a police car, you know, guard, guarding the way for us. Yeah. And I had to walk over to him. And I did. And his window was open. And I, I walked right up to his window. Here I'm in my, all my, my priest garments and everything. And uh, I said, you know, officer, all 3,000 of these people love you dearly. Yes. And, and I had to say that because priests were just getting beat up, you know, defund the police and their criminals and all this stuff. And, and, uh, and he bowed his head and it was like he was going to cry. And he says, yep, I know that. It was just such a powerful, powerful day. Walking by those <clears throat> those graffiti boarded up stores, mom and pop stores, you know, and, and, and again, everybody was just, you know, feeling defeated, you know, that, that, that these, this tyranny yeah. this, that had come in and there's nothing we can do. Well, there is something we can do. And that's really what we want to talk about tonight on the show. Uh, and that gets to what the bishops have been inspired to do. Now I can't tell you, I'm like a kid at Christmas right now. I can't tell yeah. you. I, I got the news that, that I think it was the last thing they talked about at their spring gathering. And uh, and I think it was Bishop Cousins. You could yeah. probably fill it out more, Kevin. But uh, he brought it up. And the way they reported it was like all the other bishops were like, this is awesome. Can we start now? You know, and, and, and Bishop Cousins was like, well, you know, we can support people who are doing things now. But but we want to do a three-year period, a whole Eucharistic revival. I mean, I got chills right now. I literally have chills right now talking about it. Kevin, you, you, you were talking with uh, Bishop Cousins getting ready for the, uh, the uh, Father's Day processions that you did. And, and he was instrumental in all that. He was. You know, it was interesting. You talked about United Wisconsin, which grew to unite our nation, right? Now has that whole team has brought this uh, and moved it into Catholic Father's Day, right? We wanted to have right. 
a something that would be steadfast and really bring this on a consistent in the year of St. Joseph. In the year of St. Joseph, right? Yeah. Literally, like that was another impetus. And one of the things that we wanted to do is unite, right? You and I talked about this this morning. You, unite, you, I unite. would just love, I was bragging on you. I was like, you know, Father <laughs> Rick is just so full of joy. And it is, it was so exciting. And when we try to get this moving forward, one of the, 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 uh, the bishop, Bishop Cousin, we reached out to him and he was like, oh my gosh, I love this idea. So, I mean, all of the, you know, the, the connection started to happen. And, yeah. And it's just amazing how it's rolled into, you know, their meeting. And he did. He talked about this uh, this Eucharistic uh, revival, like a revival. project. Well, not even more than a project, a movement, right? Which yeah. would and he, and he emphasized, I don't want this to be a program. This yeah, we yeah, want to right. start a fire, he says. Yes. This right, isn't a program. Right. We want to start a fire. Yeah, well, we that, that, a that, fire was his comment, you know. And I, I just, I it, like to, to really increase the love and devotion for uh, and belief for the Eucharist through you know, through collaboration of the parishes and the dioceses and schools and universities and religious institutions. I mean, all of this, he wants to bring it together and, and we're there to support that because one of the things that filtered out all the, the, the work that we put together is we've got a playbook, basically a how-to book of how to make this super simple and anyone can do it at the parish level, at the diocesan level, at the deanery level, wherever you want to do it. It's something that's so, uh, so easy to implement. Uh, can we just make something very clear here? Um, they actually use the term Eucharistic revival. It, it, that, that's that that came from them, right? It yes. did. Yeah, that came yeah. right out of it, literally. That was the he called it a Eucharistic revival, which is such a powerful thing. Yeah. What, what does he mean by a re revival? It, it conveys uh, the the idea of bringing back to life our our Catholic expression of the Eucharist. I think that's how he put it. And I, he said the theme of the revival came from uh, John 6, 51, right? My flesh for the life of the world. And this idea nice. of taking that flesh, that life, right? The, yes. the, the, uh, the source, center, and summit of our Catholic faith into the, the world, onto our streets is something that we will see a great revival, which is, yes. is really cool. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I I'm, and I just think I want the, the audience out there to realize this. This is coming from the bishop. Now we've had so much being said about, understandably, about the spiritual leadership of our bishops and the concern, and just some of the downright, just nasty stuff that we've had to deal with. You know, churches shut down for various reasons and so forth. Not judging any hearts or souls, just observing the way things have unfolded. It's been very, very hard, very difficult, and very difficult for people to have any confidence in the bishops. This is massive. Because this is, this is the root and the heart of everything of our faith, the source and summit, as the Catechism teaches. This is it. The world could live better without the Son than without the Eucharist, as we're told by St. Padre Pio. So this is huge, and this should give every one of us reason to, you know, you know, Father, when you and I talked about this yesterday, you were just lit up on the phone. You know, it was. Just, <laughs> I am it was, so was, lit up right now. It's yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, and, and we should be. Now we we all know that there's still going to be pushback from the enemy. There's going to be yeah. there's going to be chaos and collateral damage. But when you've got the leaders, when they're when they're coming up and they're stepping forward and saying things like, "We need a Eucharistic revival. We need to light That's things awesome. up." Basically. That is a huge, huge step in the right direction. We need to get on board with this. We need to support it. We need to spread the word. We need yep. to make a big deal out help of Help in any way we can. Absolutely. Help in any way you can. By subscribing to the U.S. Grace Force podcast would be one way to help us. Well. Anyway, a <laughs> little side note before August 14th. No, but seriously, honestly, everybody watching or listening right now, you've got to spread the word on this amazing development because the enemy is going to push back Try to try to shove these bishops into a corner. Try to cause them to be afraid. You're going to get the talking snake problem here that the exorcist will speak about in so many words, where someone's going to try to whisper in their ear, "Well, you don't want to get a little too you pushy with this. You you don't want to offend people. You don't want to get too exceptionally reverent and so forth." And you're, the enemy's going to push back. We've got to expect it. Therefore, we've got to unite. We've got to lock arms. We've got to be ready to go in. And especially, I would say, I mean, you ladies out there, many ladies are already on board with this. We know that. We need more men on board with this. We need more men to lead their families mm. in support of this, in talking about the truth of the Eucharist, leading them to adoration, leading them to confessional, leading them in the rosary, showing them what it means to get on your knees to receive Jesus in, in holiness and so forth. It's got to come, especially from us men. I, I want to thank you, especially, Kevin. I mean, you, you're, you're just a driven uh child of god that's that just 
I, it's it's so fun to watch you because you're just like, sir, yes, sir, with every mission that God gives you. And and all of a sudden, uh, you know, you're, we're finding out, okay, what are we doing now, Kevin? <laughs> it's awesome. But but I can see that that everything that you that you really trumpeted uh, has. I got to go hear a confession. You guys talk among yourself. <laughs> <laughs> what a great yeah segue. Okay, hold on, tap out. I was gonna go hear a confession. Yeah. Doug, so you now, and I are tapping in. Now we have the Blessed Mother in the screen. That's a good shot. We have the Blessed yeah, Mother right there. Yeah, I there. love it. Yeah, she fills that well, nicely, yes. Well, you know, it, it is so powerful. One of the things that you look at it, you know, when you really get back to the, the strength and the light, right? And one of the things that we found in these processions, there's power in procession. And there was an Italian priest, our, our, our exorcist here in the, the Milwaukee Diocese. He sent me a... Um, uh, a text. And he, I don't know which Italian bishop it was or cardinal. He said uh, he made his battle cry uh, to renew the church is to do processions. He's like, uh, uh, how do you put less chatter, more processions. And mm. I, I would, I would do like stop talking and start doing. And you look at that and that's what we want to do. And we're going to continue to do this for, because there were four main parts when we looked at the procession and how to really unite. There's a lot of fruit that comes from it. First of all, as we've been talking, it's Eucharistic, right? Literally, this idea of taking Christ into our communities. One of the things that Bishop Cousins said, he, he referred to a Pew study that only 30% of Catholics in this study believed in the true presence of the Eucharist, right? And there's a saying, we say this a lot in, in the work that I'm in, what you focus on happens. And this idea to recenter ourselves as Catholics on the Eucharist and to truly teach that and believe that, that will infuse the hope and inspire people. I mean, the, the three of us just talking here, you can hear it in our voices, how excited, how excited we are to be and to bring that light into the darkness that so many people are hungering for, right? And also it's calling down the grace uh, from heaven to open up the hearts and minds of other people. Father talked about the, guy, uh, the people on the sides of the roads. That is a way of witnessing, not through words, but through actions. And we saw that. We had our, um, our procession this year. We did it all over. They're all over the place, all over the country. But here in Milwaukee, we went back to Kenosha. And it was just like, it was amazing. And interesting enough, you saw the storm coming, got down, started praying, storm stopped. Had a beautiful day, you know, with the uh, with music. We had this big uh, uh, van with uh, speakers. So literally walking through the heart of Kenosha, you know, right where the riots took place, right? <clears throat> and you just see and hear people coming out and witnessing. It's just a powerful thing. Also for us, and the reason why we've evolved it into the fathers, the idea is to strengthen the father, we strengthen the families. And by mm -hmm. doing that, we can actually, you know, strengthen society, right? The, the family is the nucleus of society. Who's yep. the head of the family? The father. And then, of course, the year of the St. Joseph. Not only the year of St. Joseph, but the year of the family. We just thought about, and one of the things that we did this year is we consecrated uh, all of the, the men in the families that were there to the to St. Joseph. And I think that's, that's the second thing, right? To focus on the fathers and the families. And then also, it's a public witness, as we talked about. You know, we've been using... Um, this word, it's a, a revolution of restoration, right? This, this uh, restoring and affirming the need for fatherhood, right? To, to be a, uh, a visible sign to the world of the beauty of the Christian vision of family and marriage. And then this is the component that we're seeing take place, which is so beautiful. And I, I just got to really throw a big high five and, uh, to Bishop Cousins, but it really is a unifying force that really what we're finding is all of these, these apostolates and ministries, the laity and bishop, it's, it's bringing us together. It's really, it's allowing us to activate our faith and, um, and really avoid this, this negative mindset. Interesting enough, uh, Father Rick and I were talking about this this morning. Not a, listen, we're not gonna, listen, reality is there are problems, no question, but we're gonna focus and put our energies towards the good and work towards that. So this negative mindset of defeatism or, or complaining about the situation, that's great. Hey, listen, we've got to look at the problems, but what are we going to do about them? And that's one of the things that we've poured our energy and our focus and this will, willpower that we have into doing great good. And what, what greater good can there be than the Eucharist? Well, and on, yeah, and, and you know, so many people out there, Kevin, you know, we, we both know this happens. Oh, he's back already. That's right. <laughs> the short confession. 
That was quick. Was a- we talked about getting yeah. <laughs> And you know what, guy? And people need to realize that is actually what Father just did because you told us before someone was on the way over. Yeah. And I couldn't, uh, I couldn't turn him down. That's classic. I love that right <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. And, and for people who don't know, Father Heilman has a 24 7 basically confession door at his rectory. I've been there several times. Uh, well, in the confession, but also seen it. And it's right there in the front door. You let them know in advance. You come in and you've got a, a screen you've cut into the door in your office door. Yeah. Maybe and- I'll throw a picture to the uh, producer and we can pop it up. Yeah, that yeah, that'd cool. be great. Yeah, it's but the it's front a foyer of my rectory. And it is a witness to so many. I mean, God bless priests out there who are, you know, hearing confessions, but we need more yeah. opportunity for confessions out there. So well, we need people in a state of grace. Yeah. Yes, uh, we do. We do. I, if I, if, if I don't do, do anything else, I got to get people back yeah. home in the arms of God. Well, and, and on that point, yeah, and Kevin just, Father Kevin just ran down a whole kind of list of, of, of how the whole process of, of you know, the, the, getting to the husband, getting to the father, leader of the family, strength in family, strength in society, and so forth. And on that point, I just was about to comment and say, look, there's a lot of people out there right now, we all know, because we all in our different, in our perspective and respective uh, areas of ministry are, are running into this saying, what do I do? What do I do? We got to yeah. do something. What do we do? You know, the riots are going on, the protests, the political problems, this and that. We need action. The most important action first and foremost is to get in the state of grace, the act of going yes. to the sacrament of confession. And then to remain in that state and to go to adoration, to pray a rosary, yes. to, to you know, pull out the holy water and the blessed salt. The, the spiritual action is the most important part. You know, I'm constantly putting stuff out on my social media, things such as, you know, be prepared, get prepared, look at what's happening, get prepared. And Kevin, on the point of what you said, and, and I just want to emphasize it, is yes, there's a lot out there in the world. We can't bury our heads in the sand. We know there's a lot of evil. We know it's unfolding and it's exploding in many different ways. We can't focus on it. We have to acknowledge that it's there. We have to be aware of how the enemy's working in as much as it gives us the ability to formulate a response that will stop them and gain grain, gain ground back for God, bring souls back, engage in that fight for the sake of moving forward. Look, when those men hit the beaches in Normandy, mm. you know, June 6, 1944, they didn't hit the beaches denying that there was a force they had to deal with, but they hit the beaches with the attitude, we're taking the beach, but we're not stopping at the beach. We're not stopping until we get to Berlin. Yeah. Okay, so their idea, their, their mindset, not idea, their attitude was this is the beginning. It's action. It acknowledges the force that we have to deal with that's trying to oppress and enslave and destroy. Yes, it's real, but we're not going to let that freak us out or scare us or cause us to turn away. We're moving forward. And the best thing we can do to move forward, first and foremost, is the spiritual uh, spiritual effort. And that's why I love about this. And, you know, Father, when you called me yesterday and you were all, I mean, you were you were having a you were having a hard time completing sentences. You were so worked up about the excitement of this, and then you called later today and said, "We got Kevin." I said, "That's awesome," because Kevin is, is as full of excitement as we are on this too. But this is a phenomenal opportunity. We've got to spread the word, and we've got to be on board with this whole plan. So, Father, where does this go from here? You and Kevin, I know what you're doing in Wisconsin. I'm down here in Texas. Um, the, the the whole effort to get more people involved with Eucharistic processions. What step does someone, the layperson or the priest, need to take to say, I want to enact this? I'm going to take the steps that you guys have formulated with your plan of attack that has been working, and then they can engage with this in their area. You've created a turnkey approach here. Hey, Kevin, take the procession part. I'll follow up with the adoration part. Okay, so the procession says, so one of the things that we did Again, for those that may be jumping on a little later, but, you know, we went from the United Wisconsin, United Nations to Catholic Father's Day. So we've got CatholicFathersDay.com. And one of the things, it's all laid out there. So to your point, Doug, it's literally we, what we're going to be doing is that's going to be an annual event. But we see things spawning out where, where folks are like, oh, my gosh, can I do this in my parish at whenever? Yes, you can. And there's a playbook. It's free. There's no cost. You can go in there. It lays it all out on what you need. And not only that, we have... Uh, we have people like so you get the email if you've got questions that will walk through you, answer questions that you have. And what we want to do is make it simple, right? Make it easy for people like, oh, my gosh, I don't know what to do. No problem. We'll help you through that. And what we're going to do next year. So now we, we, we literally took us a little while to, to flip it over, get all the, the, the inner workings with Bishop Cousins and that team. So now next year, we're really going to be putting a lot of things and really this idea of the power of processions. And helping men and all, I mean, just not only men, but women, everyone to get involved 
uh, in it and, and really nail it next year because Father's Day uh, is very close to uh, um, uh, Corpus, Christi. Corpus Christi. So that's what we're going to really link these two together and this idea of honoring Christ and then building up the Father, like I was talking to you, Doug, on the, the different yeah. segments that we have. It's a beautiful but the, thing. But these processions, this is not just for Father's Day. I mean, this is not just. Oh, yeah. These, these can be done year round, anywhere, year anytime. Round, anytime you want. Right. And, and I, I just want to emphasize this as well. Men, look, when you say to your wife and children, hey, we're going through Eucharistic procession, that makes things happen differently than if, if just the, the mother or the wife does that. And that is nothing in any way against the mother or wife. It's the spiritual leadership of the father that the diabolical forces even acknowledge and recognize that when men say, this is what we're going to do because it's the right thing, it's a good thing, it's a holy thing, it's an important thing. The, the, the demons have to respond to that. Okay, now, now the head guy is getting in charge here. I guess we're going to have to stand down a bit more or we're going to try to fight back, but he's going to engage. That's huge. Yeah. And, and, and Kevin, you're saying that the average layperson can go to this website, Catholic, I'm sorry, CatholicFathersDay.com? Yep, CatholicFathersDay.com, yep. CatholicFathersDay.com, and they can, they can, on their own, like someone out there is watching or listening and they're thinking, yeah, maybe I could do that. I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. That seems a little over my over my head or above my pay grade. I mean, this is simple, right, Kevin? I mean, any anybody can go there, click on it, get the information, maybe form a team, work with a couple of buddies, get a battle buddy with you on this, yeah. and, then, and then take the steps that you've got laid out there. Is that, yeah, is and it, you know, one of the first simple? things we always say is we need one person to raise their hand and say, I will lead it, right? We yeah. need a leader to lead, yes. and then they form their team, and then it goes, whether it goes parish-wide, deanery-wide, diocesan-wide, right? You, uh, we always say ask, you know, uh, uh, invite, I should say, like the bishop. doesn't have to have the bishop. And just plan and say, we are going to do it on this date. And it's all laid out for you how to do it, make it happen. So it's a really easy process. And it's a beautiful thing because we are witnessing to others. And I think that yep. is something that we, that is such a need right now. Yeah, I remember, the, you know, like we talked about August 15th last year and people and, and looking on kneeling and crying and mm. and just moved do, do you remember the photographer too uh, at one yeah. of those ones this is a guy that wasn't catholic at all and he did a whole write-up on it. it went viral and he took all these amazing pictures because he was there to photograph the sunset coming through the windows of the state capitol it's yeah. kind of a yeah. we happen to be there at the exact same time which you can't make this stuff up you know but <clears throat> And he took these phenomenal pictures and all, but he kept talking about this is so moving, and it's the reverence that that, that impacts you, and and I think that that's that's the power of, of processions. I, I I think this is a weak analogy, but you think of those military um, processions that they have, you know, mm. but but you just you just it impacts you because there's a seriousness, there's an amazingness about about what's going on there. But of course, this is a million times greater. It's our Lord Jesus Christ. But but uh, you know the power of the processions is is just amazing, and and, and I'm sure that's going to be a big factor in their plans with this uh, Eucharistic revival that's going on. Yeah, you know this is one of the things that we can try to do, and I this goes back to us talking about unifying, right? How do we work collectively together? Yes, Satan right. knows, right? Strike the shepherd, scatter the sheep. The shepherd yes. of the home, the father our priests, our bishops, how do we come together? And of course, the Eucharist is that unifying force. You know, we have hope in the Lord, right? God doesn't lose battles. And I think sometimes it's where we need to remember the greater the obstacle, the more abundant the grace that will be given. Yep, and I yep. think this, this idea of holy, you know, Doug, you're hitting this, this holy daring. We want to really have this supernatural optimism that we win. All we got to do is actually activate the faith. One of the things that I, I do here is I hear a lot of people complain, but when I ask them what's the plan, they don't have a plan. And I think that's something that they need to bite into and hold on to because, you know, I can give you a book on playing football, but you don't understand the game until you get in, right? And you actually get on the field. And I'll tell you what, one of the things I've learned by when I came back into the Catholic faith and getting into the different apostles, specifically men's ministry, is I came to learn and appreciate the faith at a deeper level. So for men and for families to be able to walk in front of, there, there is this like, when you start off, like this little uncomfortableness, that's a good thing. Right, mm -hmm. you are stretching yourself and you are putting that out there. And guess what? When you're doing that, you feel a tremendous amount of grace over you. At least that's what's happened to me numerous times of, uh, that I've done this. The, the yeah. processions are genius. I, 
<clears throat> you and I both have been working on this since since the beginning of Metacritic. I know you have adoration all day. Yeah. And you, and you have like 18 million you know, priests there for confession. Yeah. <clears throat> so you've been promoting that. I really emphasize that with uh, Knights of Divine Mercy. It's set up uh, to be an, uh, an evening of adoration with confession available during that time. Yeah. And, um, and then a, a talk and a fraternal social. That's basically the, the simplicity of, of the event. Well, I, I'm, I'm kind of doing that now at, at a bigger level with these, what we call Heal Our Land Holy Hours. Yeah, And beautiful. we pick every Thursday. Thursday uh, in the earlier church and in parts of the world is a big Eucharistic day. Mm. And uh, part of the reason I think it is because of Holy Thursday. Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, so we're doing, we're, we started May 13th and we're going to October 7th. And we're trying to make it as beautiful and, and powerful as we possibly can. So we have a, a choir there with polyphony. Uh, we have like 80 wow. candles in the sanctuary. We've got these, uh, you know, uh, honor guard like servers that are there. And it's just, it's so powerful. The reason why I feel that's important is because we could have started doing Eucharistic adoration and like set up hours for people to sign up. But then you'd have the same 12 people signing up that have been doing it for 20 years. We want, it, we want more people to fall in love with our Lord, but, but fall in love with this amazing, the, the, the greatest of all devotions is Eucharistic adoration. So we're doing everything we can with it. And then also, you know, we're talking about unity. We want to be unified with the Lord. Yeah. You know, when you're in adoration, it's just like you're locking hearts with him at that time. It's amazing. And, and oftentimes, God, you know, our Lord will speak to you during those times, too, because you're stopping and you're listening and you're, you're just quiet and you can feel his embrace. I mean, it's all good. And then what we do afterwards, after benediction at the end, is that we all, in my place, we, we uh, spill out onto our parish lawn and we built what we call Gracie's Cafe out there. But it's just a lot of picnic tables and just a, an opportunity for us to become family with each other, yeah. more, to grow and, and become even stronger as a family. But that unity, that oneness uh, with, the, with each other, now that we've let you know, the rays of God's love from the, from the exposed Eucharist enter our hearts and fill us with that light. Uh, and I, I, you guys, we've been doing this since May 13th, and uh, <laughs> I am just... I'm lit up. I mean, I, it, it, at least it's, I know it's working for me. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's but, a beautiful thing. I, yeah, I mean, and, 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 but I want to, before, before I end with, with what we're doing here, is this particular Thursday coming up is very, very special. Why, why is that, Father? <laughs> why, is this, why is this Thursday more special? Well, let me tell you since you oh, asked, Doug. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's my birthday. Oh, right. <laughs> but it happens, my birthday happens to land on one of those Thursdays, which, thank you, God. Okay. So we're already all there. And what a, I can't think of a better way to celebrate my birthday, but by kneeling with my, my peeps, my family, my love uh, in front of our Lord in the Holy Eucharist, and then to be able to have a celebration. We're going to have a big-time celebration after that holy hour. It's six to seven every Thursday night. Everybody, please come. These are amazing nights. I remember the first time, the first night we did it uh, out here in, in my parish. Uh, everybody, we went out to Gracie's Cafe and everybody said, this is awesome. This is incredible. This is un unbelievable. I can't believe this. They had that kind of enthusiasm yeah. for how the, the evening was going. But uh, but again, it's my birthday, but um, it's also St. John the Baptist's birthday. And so I think that's pretty cool. And it's on the Thursday. But real quick, it's the 40th anniversary of my one-day call to the priesthood. Wow. It, it, I was 23 years old, and I was in my parents' basement, which was where my uh, bedroom was, and I was praying, and, and all of a sudden I went, okay, I guess I'm going to be a priest. I mean, it came that strong that I couldn't say no to it. And I went up and told my parents, not I think if I become a priest, I am going to become a priest. And they're like, um, okay. And we contacted the vocation director. I never looked back, never doubted, never had one second of doubt in all my priesthood, but it came in one day. And so this Thursday is the 40th anniversary of that day. And I found out, I put another, connected another dot about three years ago. My, my 23rd birthday is, was on June 24th, 1981, which for those who follow Medjugorje, that's the first day that Our Lady started appearing in Medjugorje. So my <laughs> one day call came on the day that Our Lady started appearing in Medjugorje. That's so cool. So it's the 40th anniversary of that too. 
So please, everybody who's listening on this po- podcast, get your plane reservations. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> sort of. And bring your expensive gift. Expensive <laughs> gifts. Yeah, you've been bringing that up. And Father, tell us what we're going to be eating then. Well, I won't be able to be there. Yeah. But what are we going to be eating tonight? It's the heavenly banquet, I hear. It's the mess- messianic banquet of burgers and brats. <laughs> so that's what I believe we're going to be fed in heaven when we get there. But uh, it's my favorite. But we're going to have, and people are going to bring stuff. It's going to be just um, amazing. I'm, we might even have karaoke. I'm trying to work on that. I can do my Elvis. But uh, I'm kidding about the expensive gifts, but I actually bought a, for the first hundred, because I'm going to go broke if I do more than that. For the first hundred, I'm giving away a gift to everybody. And here it is. It's all packaged up. Um, I got a hundred of these. And what is it? Well, I'll tell you the first thing that it is, is I bought everybody a journal. Okay. And so you can open it up. And I'm really trying to advocate for this because... I'm a firm believer, and we teach this, that you, you receive an anointing when you pray, especially when you pray with Scripture. So, And here's how I describe it, is that you literally, it's like you dialed the phone up and called to heaven, and the, the communication is open up, and all of a sudden you're receiving all this stuff. It might be about the Scripture that you're reading, but it also might be, okay, I want you to, take, I want you to start the men of Christ, Kevin O'Brien, you know? And, and, you know, and so you get these missions and... and, and appeals by God and, and you got to write it down you know, so you got to have a journal next to you when you're praying because God's giving you all kinds of stuff then I also added a subscription that I we're going to have here at the parish uh, I got a hundred of these and every two months they come out but this is the word among us and it's got the daily readings and re- amazing reflections on the readings and reflections on other things and I've been promoting the Sushipi prayer by Saint Ignatius and it's just uh, take, Lord, receive all my memory, all my understanding. Mm. And it ends with your love and your grace. It's enough for me. And, and so wouldn't you know that they're promoting it in this uh, issue of take, Lord, receive, praying with St. Ignatius of Loyola. You can't make this stuff up, you know. So that's, that's the package that the first hundred get who come to my birthday party on this Thursday. But I'll conclude with this is I firmly believe with all my heart, mind, soul, strength, dating all the way back when we started Nights of My Mercy, that adoration is the key. It just is because you receive that, that beautiful, wonderful gateway gift of, of fear of the Lord or wonder and reverence that opens yourself up to receive the rest of this other six gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so we got to start there. We've got to get in that wonder and reverence before God and to see that procession in the street too. You know, just it, the wonder, your, your heart just opens up and you're in awe before God. And now you can receive all the other gifts of the Holy Spirit. Amen. amen. Yeah, amen, Father. I just, I, and I know we got to wrap up, but I just think about, you know, millions of people processing through our country. And then even before, after we have, we start setting up even these more of these adoration chapels all over yes. our parishes, opening up the hours uh, for our, our, our people to come visit our Lord on a continuous basis, yes. not once a year, once every quarter, but really on a continued basis that they're spending yeah. time. I mean, what a beautiful thing. The stories of parishes that are thriving oh, yeah. because what? Yep. They started an adoration chapel in oh, their yeah. parish. I'm well, working and, on that right now in my parish. And something else that I want to I want to just emphasize for people out there is, you know, Father, you and I have talked about a lot of the problems of the world, you know, on our podcast here. We had a lot of great guests whether it's the diabolical struggles that people have from possessions to diabolical oppression, obsession, and so forth, to what we're seeing on the scale of a one-world government effort to the mm. Great Reset. Um, everything that's going on with, with the, the, you know, this, the sicknesses and so forth, you all know what I'm talking about. We've got all these upside-down things going on, uh, police being defunded, violent crime rising in different neighborhoods. Now, we can paint this picture, we can watch the news, and you can be sickened by a lot of what's happening. I I saw a story today of a, of a parade that was ended over the weekend. It was a 24-year-old man and his, and his wife and a baby, and they got caught up in traffic, and a group of thugs just came running around the car, and the video shows four or five of them pulling the guy and his wife out of the car and shooting them right there point blank in the street. Okay, the baby didn't get hit. The woman did. She's in critical condition. The man died. And then they run off, and they haven't caught anybody. These types of things, Chicago, shootings left and right, all this, the problems in the church. We go down the line. We get all worked up on this. It's time for every man, every woman to be on deck, to get involved in this in the ways that we can. This is a way that everybody can. 
This is something you think about our blessed mother in Fatima in 1917 when she said, I want the world to pray the rosary mm. daily. She didn't say only the bishops and only the priests and only people who have a special mission, only people who are a certain degree of intellect or academic ability or anybody who's gifted, you know, when it comes to deep prayer, ever pray the rosary, 15 to 20 minutes, pray the rosary every day. Everybody, Our Lady asks for this. So adoration, Eucharistic processions, who can't be part of this? This can happen. I think back, you know, Father, you and I have talked a lot about over the, over the last couple of years at various times, World War II as an example of how so many people, so many nations came together in order to, to defeat Nazism, fascism, and so forth, and push them back and, and free people. One of the great examples is Dory Miller. Dory Miller was a third-class cook. He was third-degree-ranked cook on one of the ships in the Battle of Pearl Harbor, the attack of Pearl Harbor, December 7th, 1941. When the ships were hit, he comes up from the, the galley there where he's working his job as a cook. And he saves several men who were wounded. And then he mans an anti-aircraft gun, shoots down several Japanese planes. He engages in the battle. He's a cook and he engages in the battle. He doesn't sit down there saying, that's not my job. I don't do that. He got involved in the battle where he could. This is one of the simplest things any of us can do is to deepen our prayer by going before the Lord. Mm -hmm. Adoration processions, rosary, this fights the fight at the heart of where it needs to be fought. We need to continue to pray for the conversion of our bishops and our priests and every husband, father, mother, wife out there, every child. You know, this is a real battle. I know, Kevin, you've seen this for years since you started Men of Christ. I was very, very fortunate to speak it. I think it was your second year you said I was there. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that was just a great honor to meet you, get started, to get to know you, and then meet so many guys there. And just the, the, the energy in the room when you've got a lot of men together that are praying, that are, that are singing, that are, that are united, you know, is a phenomenal power behind the unity aspect. And everybody, all those men that come to those conferences, you know this because you put them on every year, and I've spoken to dozens of them all over the country for years, is there's something about men coming together, everybody, every Catholic coming together, every, even Christian denominations. Look, if you're not Catholic, you can come to these Eucharistic processions. We'd love to have you join us in the processions. Yeah. You know, but there's something powerful when we're together from all walks of life, all colors, all mm -hmm. heights, weights, ages, you name it, all job descriptions, and we're together, united with a common denominator of being before our Lord Jesus. That is powerful. So I want to make that plea. Remember Dory Miller. Let's all be Dory Miller. Let's come out of the galley where we're cooking food. We're the third, you know, we're, what they call, I'll make sure I get this right here. I, want to, I don't want to mess this up here. He was the third class cook. He was killed in action later on in 1943. Uh, later on serving on a ship, he was awarded the Navy Cross, second highest decoration of valor in combat after the Medal of Honor, because he, he, he was a cook, and he came out of the galley and said, it's time to yeah. get on deck and engage in the fight. And we can do that, especially through something as powerful as adoration and Eucharistic procession. Yep. You know, it's for you, Father Rick, you mentioned Father Don uh, Calloway coming out to, to your men of Christ. I remember he said, the world is once again in need of knights who are willing to fight for truth and peace, because only truth will bring us uh, bring about world peace. And that's what you're saying, Doug, right? This idea yeah. and, and the Eucharist and this idea of engagement is so, so important, right? We can make a difference and there's strength in numbers. Yes. All we got to do is enter into, enter into the fight, you know, start spiritual work temporal. That's been a principle that we've lived by at Men of Christ, always focusing on the spiritual side first and then rolling that into the temporal world and that has been very, very effective for us to impact our community, you know, and have that ripple out throughout uh, Milwaukee, throughout the country. And we've seen that happen with these processions. You know what I believe about the Eucharist? And um, people can have their own beliefs, but, you know, people write books on how to be virtuous and how to mm. be, you know, moral and, and uh, uh, you know, have values and ethics and principles. You know what I think happens when you fall head over heels in love with the Lord, or again, that's this, this uh, gift of fear of the Lord. And what it is, I, I don't want to offend, offend you, Dad. I'm afraid of offending you. But I, I just want you to be proud of me, Daddy. You know what happens when, when you get that gift? You automatically want the values and the morals and the yeah, ethics and the comes. principles. It just, you, you can't not want right. these things. Right. So what this is, is it, this whole 
uh, effort, this Eucharistic revival is also an effort to get everybody connected to the divine life. Mm. And once you're connected to the divine life, then all of the morals and ethics and virtues and values just flow easily. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden life, but learn from me for I'm meek and humble of heart. I'm easily led. I'm humble enough to know I don't have the answers. You have the answers, God. And, 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 what, and once you do that, once you get in that mode where all I want to do is please you, God, I want you to be proud of me, Father, then morals, ethics, values, virtues just flow out of us. And that's when our nation was great. That's when our nation was great, yeah. I believe, when we were all very well connected to God. We had the divine connection going on. And that's what this whole Eucharistic revival, I believe, believe is, is going to bring to this nation. Father, can you break down a bit more just again in detail what, what you saw the bishops say, how you saw them respond, just so the audience, the crowd can get a little, a little more sense of, of that this wasn't just, you know, a docket of information. We're going to throw this oh, another thing. Another yeah, point. yeah, exactly. And then here's another you know, this church yeah. meeting next week. And this, oh, and yeah, Eucharistic revival. Yeah. How, how did this unfold and what was the response, the reaction? Well, I saw uh, clips, but it was, it was, it was uh, laid out in this particular article that I read and that, that just said, I mean, these bishops were just like, okay, uh, can we do it now? Why do we have to wait? And, and, you know, <laughs> Uh, wh- what do we do? We're all in. And there, there was just like, there was like little kids, you know, coming downstairs to see their Christmas packages under the tree. You know, it was, it was, it was just this kind of a giddy enthusiasm. And they knew that they knew that this is exactly what we need right now. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, they alluded to the August 5th, 2019 um, Pew research report that said 70% no longer believe that's got on the altar. And they they kind of apologized for not hitting that earlier, yeah. but 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 qualified it by saying, you know, this COVID year got in the way, and now that we're past it, it's time. And well, I think that's just amazing. And that Pew Research poll is something I know we we've you and I've talked about, Kevin. You've known about it. Yeah. I mean, we we've all probably commented in different ways and respects that that's something that kind of hit us like a like a two by four. Yeah. And our response was, well, what are our leaders going to do about this? Yeah. You know, we were shaking our heads thinking, look, as a father, and Kevin, you and I, as, as fathers, we know if our kids come to us and say, yeah, we've got about, you know, only 30% of your kids actually believe this and this and this. And you say, oh, well, okay, I guess so. Then shame on us. But, you know, a good father is going to say, wait a minute, I need to regroup, figure yeah. this out, because I got to lay this down and hopefully at least teach better and, yeah. and show them the truth of these things. So for them to do this, this is an answer to so many people's prayers and so many people's, well, gripes and complaints, you could say. Is it not? Yeah. When I think a lot of sacrifice has gone in, right? One of the things that I, I yes. will say this leading up uh, to this election, I and this, I guess there is some, you know, you feel like, wow, there was so much fasting, praying, processions. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that one event, you know, Father grew to unite our nation to 150 events throughout the country. And you just saw like, all right, Lord, we're pouring down. And, you know, to what you just said, Doug, I think all this grace is coming down and it's opening up the hearts and, you yeah. know, it's strengthening the bishops to do what they should do. Yeah. And, you know, uh, leaders lead. And, and that inspires, you know, Father, you talked about it. Why, you're so excited when you hear this because you're like, yes, that's what we need. We want this. Yeah. And so my hope and prayer and continued prayer will be that we continue to move forward. And we're going to do everything we can to be a positive influence. I mean, you got positive. What, yes. you know, what, one of the things that we got to realize is they're surrounded. You talk to Doug, you talk about the enemy. They're being attacked everywhere. Some I know. Yep. We do not have that loud voice. No, we're, we we got to be positive. I've been saying that recently, too. I, I, I was telling you guys before we were starting to talk, but I just drove down to southern Wisconsin, and I got to drive through all the countryside, and literally my heart was pounding. I thought I was going to have a heart attack, but it was just so beautiful. But but you know why it was beautiful? Because I let it be beautiful. Yeah. I, I, instead of looking at the pavement in front of my car, I actually noticed how amazing God is and it got in. You know what that is? It's letting light in. It's letting positive in. We got to let positive in. We got to detox ourselves from all the negative crud. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We 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 had to fight hard leading up to the election, and, and we had to call yeah. out. And yeah. we had to, but oh, okay, yeah. they're in now. They're they're in. But so what are we going to do? We got to push out the darkness with our light, not our crabby faces. You know, and and just we got to be so positive going forward. And we've got to get behind our bishops and, and, and just, you know, 
and lift them up. I think, Father, what you're up. saying. Right, you know, one of the things that we talk a lot about at work is inputs determine outputs. And that's where you're going. Like, what are you plugged into? Right. What are you, this goes back to plug into the Eucharist, plug right. into the adoration, plug exactly. into, plug into the rosary, right? Exactly. That will lift you up and give you the joy. Yes. You know, heaven starts you now. Know, so does that. Nutrients instead of yes. in your system. Yep. Yeah. Well, and it's, I mean, it's in the, Father, you and I were talking about this earlier today. It's in the Gospel of Matthew and Luke, the idea that you're not, it's a gospel passage that your eyes are the lamp of your body. Exactly. If you're looking at light, you're filled with light. If you're looking at darkness, you're filled with darkness. Now, exactly. you, you know, just like the, just like the men that stormed the beaches or, or even Christ himself, Christ did not ignore the fact that the enemy, the prince of darkness, is, is the prince of this world. He acknowledged right. the reality that he's a father of all lies. He cast out demons. He, right. he dozens of times dealt with evil head on. He himself was, was, uh, was attacked in, in the desert when he was out there for 40 days and 40 nights at the beginning of his public ministry. He acknowledged it. He said, yeah, it's real, but let's bring the light. So bring the let's light. don't bury our heads in the sand. Let's acknowledge, yeah, we know there's a battle going on, but what are we doing about it? Let's be positive and move yeah. forward. Yeah. You know? Well, you know? here's the thing. We were born for this time, right? God put yeah. us Amen. here during this time. We are called for mission. And one of the things that we don't want to let happen is, you know, love and fear cannot live in the heart at the same time. And one of the right. things that we need to do is do this out of love. Love of God, love of family, yeah. love of country, love of church, right? Mm -hmm. And push out that fear yeah. and embrace the cross. There will be some suffering that comes, but when you yeah. embrace the right way and you have love in your heart it just it makes like you said father that yoke light yep. and you can't press forward i don't know yeah. if this is a good analogy but all this anti-patriotism and all this oh yeah you know, the, the the flag's no good and all this stuff. well i could i could uh go and have a fisticuffs and yell at them you know what i did instead i put 80 flags out in front of my yard yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know I love it. Yeah. yeah yeah it just we just got to be very positive I, yeah. and that's what the procession is we can yes. sit there and argue and blah, blah, blah. No, we bring the Prince of Peace out in the streets. You know, that that's in and that's and what'll happen that you know pushing out yeah. the, the negative. Yeah. It'll push yeah. out that darkness. Because people yeah. will be attracted to that beauty. You talked exactly. about the, of right. what that is, and people want that in their hearts, they're we yearning. Want peace. For that. We want positive, we want goodness. We you know, so yeah, and, and well, yeah, and, and you know, and Father, you and I had mentioned this earlier today about Our Lady of Good Success, Church-approved apparition, the Blessed Mother appears uh, to Mother Mary um, uh, Jesus of, of Taurus in uh, Quito, Ecuador, in the early 17th century, around 1630, 34. Or so, and in there, she talks about some very devastating prophecies and says that these prophecies will be lost, they'll be forgotten, they'll be discovered at a time when they're going to be fulfilled, and they were discovered in the early 20th century. So we're living through them right now. She talked about darkness covering the world in roughly was 1950 to 2000 timeframe, many people estimate. But she says in there, even in the thick and heaviness of all this darkness, there will be a triumph of my immaculate heart and of my son. And so even in the thick of all of this, Our Lady acknowledges it's there, but she said, she's saying, as she said in Fatima, you got to bring the light. And yeah. on that point about people being attracted, people are attracted to homes and families of people of, who have order and peace in the home and family. Right. And this is right. something I know, Kevin, you do a lot when you work with men and, and families and so forth, as I do. And, and I follow, of course, as a priest, you counsel this all the time in spiritual direction is you bring peace and order in the home. And it's a place that is attractive to your family. You know, it's like my, my father was an alcoholic. He died from alcoholism, massive heart attack, you know, 28 or so years ago. You know, and I mean, God rest his soul, he had a priest by his side, last moment of his life, thanks be to God. And that was a miracle in of itself. But the lack of peace in my family as I grew up was hard. It was devastating. And I didn't want to be around the house. I'm the youngest of five kids, my sisters, my brother, they didn't want to be around very much because of the alcoholism in the home and the stress that it put on my mom. She had emotional breakdown. You know, she struggled with that. She passed away uh, three and a half years ago. God rest her soul. But point I'm getting at is the disorder in a home is not attractive. The disorder in the world, not attractive. Mm -hmm. We'd be instruments of order and peace by God's grace attractive it draws people yes. and that's what we want to do yep. i mean there's such a peace we all know this when you're just just kneeling sitting quiet in the presence of jesus it's awesome it is and you don't even gotta try to don't even analyze it intellectually just be there right. just, when i think sometimes and commit to it right and to your point you know you don't know what you don't know and there's so many people that are yearning for it and it's like well go do this 
And they, if they could just make the movement and commitment to yeah. do that. And I, you know, that would be a takeaway. Father, you talked about, you know, adoration. Just commit to go into one hour of adoration and see what happens. I know. And I guarantee yeah. you, your life will be changed. Yeah. yeah. And and on top of that, start praying the rosary. I got to keep emphasizing oh, yeah, our ladies' I, rosary. I'm with you. Pray, yeah, and we all know this. We you know we're, we're you know, engage in the rosary. You pray for your bishops, your priests, the yep. cardinals. Pray for clergy everywhere. By the way, Father Heilman, I pray for you by name every day in my rosary. Uh, I pray for all clergy, but I pray for you, my friend, by name. All right, and I pray. That I need to get on that list, Doug. I, how do I make that? <laughs> There's a lot of power you two have, man. I have, you got like the bad phone. I got to get in there somewhere. Oh, we'll get you in there. We'll get you yeah. in there. Oh, I, I want to do this real quick. Do me a favor. Hand me a, a sticky note, please. I'm a sticky note guy. I got sticky notes all over my desk. I've tried to electronically. Thank you, son. I've tried to electronically keep track of things, but I got sticky notes all over you're, my desk. You're over 50. I do sticky notes too. <laughs> oh, I just, I love them because I can put them, I can put them anywhere, you know, and uh, they, you know, you remember what you're doing. So what I do when, you know, if someone asks me to pray for him or this or that is, is I started years ago, a friend of mine said this, take a pen and in your mind, you're writing on the sticky note. Oh, there we go. You're writing on the sticky note, the prayer, you fold it up and you tuck it in one of the crevices of Mary's mantle and you're wow. giving the prayer to our lady, mm. right? And everybody out wow. there watching, listening right now, if someone asks you to pray for him, just, you know, and I'll ask, you know, Kevin, father, please pray for me and, and I'll pray for you. And, and we'll forget sometimes because you know, a lot of people might ask for prayers. Is this good? We should be doing this, asking for prayers from our brothers and sisters out there. Just right away, make that mental prayer note. I'm going to write this cool. down, sticky note, tuck it in Mary's mantle. I got that from a good friend of mine, Ed Visner. Yeah, that, that's kind of where I got that idea from. But, you know, Kevin and Father, this is something, you know, you, you, we pray that rosaries our lady has asked, you know, and like you said, commit to one hour of adoration. I'm going to ask guys out there, especially husbands, fathers, lead your family in prayer in the rosary for at least one month, do one month yes. every yep. day. And I guarantee you get to the next, next day of the, of the second month, you're going to start feeling like something's missing if I don't pray it. And you're going to find that sense of peace when you do. It is phenomenal. But to pray the rosary before the blessed sacrament is double incredible. You took it to the next level. And Amen. let me add to what you're saying to affirm that. You know, one of the things that we're doing now is like my car has become a spiritual chapel. So literally, as we're going to it, we've got a bunch of kids and we're in sports all over the place. Every time there's an intention there, as we're going, we're squeezing the beads. We are yeah. literally praying <laughs> yeah. the rosary. I've heard you as, say it before as, that way. Yeah. yeah, as we're going and as we're coming back. And I think that's some of the things like, oh, I'm running out of time. They'll realize you can pray the rosary. You don't have to be in your yes. crazy life. You can. God knows that. Bring yeah. him in. And through your example as a father, this is a great stat. I, I've used this so much. You probably I've maybe mentioned on here. 93% of the moms and the children will follow the father if he leads them to Christ. And that mm -hmm. leading, again, is you taking the rosary. And then, of course, repping that out is such a powerful. Those are spiritual you know, yeah. uh, curls, right? You are literally lifting and strengthening yourself. I absolutely agree with that. It's so powerful. Yeah, that's, and I've heard you say that about squeezing the beads. That's awesome. And and you're right, that's a great point. Wherever you go, my wife and I will pray it on the yeah. way to mass, on the way to the grocery store, you know, wherever, just, just, just do it. Don't make excuses. Well, no, it's not the perfect atmosphere to do it just yet. <laughs> Uh, like you said, our Lord wants us to be to bring him into every, our lady wants us to bring her into yep. every aspect of our lives, wherever we're going, whatever we're doing. That's the goal we're getting, we're, yep. we're aiming for here. That's a great way. That's a great place for us to finish. You guys are amazing. And I can't remember though, if I told you tomorrow night is my birthday, I just want to... <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you're getting a special book. Oh, listen, let me not forget this too. So that, that, that book you talked about, I yeah. That advice from a priest, I write that out, you know, people that say that, and then to what Doug says, I make a mental prayer and I put it in my spiritual prayer book. So to nice. what you said, Doug, nice. that's good. That's good. you guys are in that book, uh, both oh, written, man. but also spiritually. Oh, thank you're, you, You're brother. getting close to adding it to our prayers, so keep it up. Yeah, I'm trying, man. I'm working. I'm squeezing <laughs> here. i to open up that door to get in. <laughs> All right, let's end with a prayer. In the name of All the right. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen, Amen guys. A little prayer. Thanks, yeah, Kevin. I love it. God bless you. God, God bless, bless you. Work. Father, I love, love it. You. You're amazing. You're amazing, Kev. Love you, brother. Take care, man. Praying for right. you.